When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm glad you're here. My name is Catherine. I am the podcast host of Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. I concentrate on a lot of energy astrological energy, and also the chakra system. I also love to um, introduce some new meditations and some areas of sound energy and sound healing for you guys. So this is part of the astrology series for um, anybody who is just tuning into this series. We have already discussed uh, what is astrology, the in-depth understanding of astrology, and also like the history of astrology. We have also discovered um, new ways to view the sun and some of the astrological energy that the sun um, shows. So if you are interested in um, looking at the, those, definitely check them out on either Chakras and Cuss Words podcast or on the YouTube channel. So today's episode is all about the moon and I'm excited to be here um, to get into the moon and everything that the moon means to me, the important aspects of the moon and some of the moon phases. Also, how we can look at the moon for areas of guidance and um, areas in our birth chart too because the purpose of the astrology series is so everybody can kind of have a better understanding of astrology and some of the astrological connections that we see in our own birth charts and also the birth charts of others. So first off, um, the, the moon is one of the most, not, I guess you could say, known um, planets or areas of a planet. Um, it is known for being a very important part of the birth chart. Um, we all have our, you know, our zodiacs are lined up in different areas and certain planets are in that area of each zodiac of our birth chart. And the moon is important because it's considered almost like our representation of personal and area of emotions. So first off, the moon is a, um, represented by the number two. It is a feminine energy and it also has a representation that goes with seven as well. So two and seven are the numbers of the moon. Also, it is known for the day of week of Monday. And it is um, a, I guess you could say the color that it represents when we think about the moon. And just looking at the moon up in the sky, you know, the fact that we can see the moon um, usually stands out a lot. It's normal colors like this whitish, almost like translucent color. I mean, have you seen the moon like in the early mornings where it almost looks like it's like reflective of this translucent area? And then the way the full moon gets its illumination is through the sun. So this moon basically has no color unless it is like opposing the sun and then that's where we get the area of illumination through the moon. Also what's interesting about the moon is um, it is the only planet or um, other planet in our system that we have 
landed on or set foot on, as NASA says. It's also known as being one of the largest objects of the sky, and that's because it's very livable. Um, it is actually the planet that makes our area livable um, by introducing that area of darkness and rest when we look at the climate. When we look at that area of, um, you know, if we were just in full energy of the sun, we probably wouldn't be able to survive. Like, we wouldn't have full growth. We wouldn't have full cycles. We would just be basically um, burnt up or we would be at an area of exhaustion. And I feel like the moon has its own rhythm that keeps us um, centered in our growth factor. Like, because we have to understand the staples to life. Like, yes, we can have growth and we can have movement and we can have prosperity, but we also need something like nourishing, nourishing (laughs) and more settling and more centered around rest. Like it can't just be like, go, go, go. And I think the moon represents that. And it also represents that energy of sleep, right? Um, have you ever seen anybody who is completely sleep deprived? Like you can die from being um, sleep deprived. Um, you could go insane. Like it's not, it's not something that's <clears throat> easy to do, especially when the sun's full illumination is going. I used to work night shift and I could tell you sleeping in the day is a weird, it's just, it's not natural. To me, it was not natural. My body was completely off rhythm. My sleep cycle was horrible. Um, Working graveyard, I felt just is not a natural state for the body and the mind. I mean, I know some people have to do it and some people love graveyard shift. Like there's a lot of people who are like night owls and they're like, I'm basically able to adapt to this. I feel like for most humans, um, it's not easy to do. Um, Also, the moon is the fifth largest of the 200 plus moons that are orbiting in our planet's solar system. So this is Earth's moon, but other planets have their um, other own moons. And it was actually discovered that Jupiter, um, I believe discover has four moon moons orbiting around Jupiter. And that was discovered, I think in 1610, I believe. So NASA currently has, um, lots of spacecraft that's been exploring the moon. We hear of them all the time. The lunar Renaissance orbiter. And we just heard that India has um, landed some robotic uh, explorers. And we know that other countries are going to explore the moon as well. A lot of people are fascinated with the moon. And it's one of the areas that is easy for, for exploration here on the reality aspects of how this moon energy is all tied into life today. But let's talk about the astrological energy of the moon. So the moon also has energy around certain stones and crystals, and those are known as the mother of pearl and moonstone. 
also the herbs that resemble the the moon are camphor and frankincense and frankincense um i definitely would say is one of my favorite herbs and areas of aromatherapy it brings on a lot of intuit intuitive practices it helps you think deeply and i feel like it has that area that it helps open up not only the throat chakra the third eye but also the crown i feel like it is a very awakening presence of a herb and that's also what the um, moon kind of resembles is that awakening of presence also the plants that are known to resemble the moon are like melons and um willow uh the willow tree so let's talk about the energy of the reflection of the moon so it is known to be centered around feminine fertility and there's a lot of stories that go back like with women and having their menstrual cycle tied into the moon phases and like everybody's like oh if you start your menstrual cycle um on a full moon that means you're a witch or if you start your um menstrual cycle towards the new moon that means that um you know there's some new fertility arriving towards you or something different for each area of how people look at the lunar phases and also the feminine. Um, Another thing is that what I want to say is that the moon has its own phases, right? Of how it's orbiting around the earth and orbiting around that certain phases mean different things. And we will talk about that a little bit later. But also the moon was associated with the um, female gods and goddesses in many cultures. And I'm not going to talk about all of the cultures that um, I guess you could say bring some energy of worship or or mm, yeah, energy of worship to the moon. But definitely I want to talk about these two. So one of the most known is the Greek goddess who was known as the lunar goddess, um, Armidas, um, which was the twin sister of the solar god Apollo. So it was like they were opposites. Um, one represent the sun and the other one represent the moon. So complete opposites, but they were seen as twin sisters. Then also we have, um, the, the, um, we have what she was basically known for. So she represented the area of hunt, wild animals, wilderness, childbirth, virginity, and also um, the areas of like being known in the space of feminine leadership and also like the areas of the wild. And then we had the Mayan deity, which was called Shell, Chell, and it's spelled C-H-E-L. And she was the goddess of um, basically like medicine. And I guess you could almost call her like a, like midwife, (laughs) like a doula, like the mother of fertility again and childbirth. 
and she was known to bring on destruction through areas of rainstorms, floods, and also um, stuff that was really like um, destructive to the earth. So she had more of like a destructive feel to her. But um, basically, both of these women or women goddesses were seen as areas surrounding the moon that were also um, represented at some space of worship. Also, when we look at the areas of the moon, we have to remember that that it's a feminine energy. So it's also like that protective energy and it should be that area that resembles the emotions and also not so much, but like how we're treated and then how we treat others. So then if we see that area of the feminine coming out and it could be like areas of jealousy, areas of insecurity, also areas of um, self-reflection. It could be acknowledged that that is that moon emotion, that is that moon energy. Also, it is kind of like that protective energy where it's like that mama bear energy, that mama strength feminine energy where it's like not only do we want to make sure that like we're safe but also like our children are safe and our loved ones are safe so sometimes if we were having fears related to the children it could be coming from our area of the moon and where the moon is tied into our birth chart also when we look at the moon energy in our birth charts and we look at what area our moon is in for that zodiac like for instance um maybe let's say it is in the area of the pisces maybe we have areas of emotions that are really centered around like our spiritual sense or conscious sense and that area of consciousness and also the area of our subconscious and maybe that is somebody who could be seen as maybe a little bit hyper-religious or a little bit um, over-spiritual or somebody who feels very uncomfortable about talking about those topics. Another thing that um, really reminds me about the moon when we are dealing with the moon and the feminine energy, to me, the moon resembles like that darkness, that darkness of the shadow, and also that area where um, it might feel very like witchy and woo-woo. Um, and I think when we see that energy and like other people see it, they might be like, oh, that is very mysterious and that's very dark or that's very mysterious and I just don't get it. I also think that when women are expressing or men are expressing their areas of emotion, it is that area that feels a little bit softer. It doesn't feel so tied into the masculine, that solar plex energy. And we have to remember that the moon is the area of the feminine and it is the ruler of cancer who is a water sign. And that area of water is also a representation of the sacral. The sacral chakra has that energy of element of the water and it feels passionate. It feels creative. It feels intellectual, but it also feels very um, like a little bit 
could be taken to an uneased presence or could be a calmer approach, depending on how we deal with that emotion, how we deal with that center of the sacral, of the passion point, of the area of intimacy. And when I also think about the moon and areas around intimacy, I often think of like moon magic and sex magic and that area of creating intentions under the moonlight. Like if that is with a spouse or just areas of adventure with a loved one, you know, maybe a new relationship, but opening up that area where there are rituals tied into the moon, especially related to the area of intimacy and having that loving and seductive nature that's also tied into the sacral chakra. What's also interesting about the moon is when we look at the moon in our birth chart, it resembles that area of becoming clearer, of reassuring ourselves and possibly reassuring others, that area of safety that area of comfort, and that area of wanting to be understood. As the moon is basically brought on by its illumination or reflection of the sunlight, it's sometimes that energy that we might be holding back because we don't want people to see our full illumination or we don't want people to see our full area of who we are completely. So for those who are wondering, for your moon sign, it switches every two days because the moon stays in the zodiac every like two to three days most of the time. So for instance, if your moon sign is in Gemini, you might have emotions tied into maybe the way you communicate or maybe the way you think or acquire knowledge, or maybe you feel like there's some areas around that Gemini moon that sometimes feels a very um, hard to express. Some people say that you really don't even know somebody until like you've lived with them, right? Or until you've seen their moon sign. I feel like um, seeing somebody's moon sign, like you have to really be on like kind of like a personal base with them. You know, we might kind of feel that area of, of, um, of rapport or that area of insight when we meet somebody and, you know, kind of, meet them, but we don't really know them. We don't really maybe know the emotional area of them fully or that area of illumination that isn't always shown like we would with maybe their sun sign or even their rising sign. Like we can see traits of a sun sign and maybe a rising sign, but the moon sign I feel like is that sign that's very personal and it's the unconscious it's that area of the unconscious, like um, it's that energy that maybe wakes up and spouts something out that not everybody in their day-to-day life would see. It is kind of that secretive sign. It is kind of like that secretive energy of the unconscious. And it is the reflection of that individual. Um, 
sometimes I would think that having a relationship with somebody who is the same moon sign as you would probably be a little bit challenging. Um, but you know, it probably could work, but I would think that there would be a lot of reflection and representation that felt very similar in some of the emotions. I also think that the moon stands for areas of not only the area of security and stability, but it also stands for that area of habits and a little bit more of cycles. So it's not really as driven as like, let's say Mercury or the element of Virgo when we look at habits and daily rituals, but it is more driven in the area of cycles because we have to remember that the moon has a lunar cycle. So it does have that energy of the circular motion of a cycle. Um, also what is interesting about the moon is I feel like the moon is kind of that energy that teaches you, shows you, and helps you create that area of relatability, how you relate with others and how others relate with you. Um, it is maybe a little bit more softer than your sun sign, right? So that area of relation really shows. And like I said, the moon is ruled by, um, or is ruled by or rules, I guess it's rules. The moon rules cancer and is exhalated in Taurus. It is often um, considered as the divine feminine energy. And that's when we get into like the moon witch, um, the area of moon magic and that area of the feminine, of course, tied into the menstrual cycles. And what's interesting is that um, Luna, um, and it represents that area of the moon, but it also represents that area of the menstrual cycles in some of the Spanish cultures. Uh, let's see the moon to me also, and to many other people also shows that area of reflection of the past, which operates a little bit different than the present, than the sun energy. So it might be that energy of the past showing back up and showing that reflective state that feels very different, but similar at the same time. So I have to remind myself to not talk so fast and to slow down my speech because sometimes I feel like I can talk extremely fast and I want to make sure that I cover certain topics and certain areas in a way that is receptive to everybody. And I know sometimes I get like really, really fast in my speech. So I'm trying to slow it down. Okay. So let's get into the moon phases. So this is the energy of learning each phase of the moon. So the moon phase, we will start with the new moon. And so if you were born Okay, so for instance, if you were born and your son is in, your son is in, let's see, let's see, let's see, Libra. So your son is in Libra and your moon is in Libra. There is a high chance, high chance you were born on a new moon. Also, you could be born on a Baslamic moon, 
but it could be a new moon. And if you were born during a new moon, you would see that in your birth chart, you guys. Um, so that's something to take note of. And what this means is in this energy of this phase of the new moon, the moon and the sun are conjunct basically in that energy in each sign, right? So you have the sun in Libra and you have the moon in Libra. And this energy represents a new beginning, a new beginning of a new cycle. So remember, a new beginning to the new cycle in the new moon. It's also an energy that sends you to an area that feels maybe a little bit more um, surrounded by doubt. Like maybe you have that energy of doubt too, right? During a new moon. It also sends that area of where like, let's say you're just coming out of a bad breakup and then now you have this this energy where you've like cleared it away. You kind of cleared out that grief and you cleared it away. And now you have to make some new intentions, right? Towards your new beginnings. So you have to look at it like that, that it is a moment where the outcome may feel a little rocky. It may feel like a little bit obstacle-y at first because you're in this new phase. You're in this new moon phase. And it's a phase that... um corresponds with also the winter solstice and the area of the seasons. So we have to remember that the energy of like the solstice and the energy of closing certain seasons, if it's winter, if it's fall, if it's summer, if it's spring, there always comes that energy where that chapter is over, that, that energy is over and we have to let go of the past right? Because we have that new moon energy now and we have to let go of that old season and we have to prepare for the new. Also, this is a time that um, you may be feeling like a little bit when you are in your new moon phase or there is a new moon that there might be some areas where you feel a little like self-centered. You feel a little bit egoist, like a little bit ego-ish, not as ego-ish as when it's fully <laughs> vibrant, you know, or like if you've been centered around that solar plex, but a little bit ego-ish where it's a little bit darker, right? We have to remember the new moon has no illumination. It has no light. It's all dark. So you can't go and look in the sky and see a new moon. The new moon is covered with dark. It's covered with shadow. It's covered. Um, and also, it may feel like something that is glooming over you or something is glooming in the area where you have to remove it. You have to release it. And hopefully by the time you get to the next new moon phase, um, you can create intentions, right? So that's why a lot of people practice self-care towards the full moon and areas of releasing and clearing. So when they come towards the new moon, they can start to make some new intentions. Also, it's a time that um, maybe you want to express yourself fully 
and live within your own areas of new manifestations, not the area of what others want you to manifest, but what you truly want to manifest. Now let's get into the crescent phase. So after, okay, so we have the new moon and then we have a wanting crescent phase and the crescent phase in this phase the moon is either waxing or is halfway between the new and the first quarter moon. And it is another cycle of planting or growth or new manifestations, as one might say. This is like that energy that is surrounding the environment that's giving like a little bit of illumination, but it's also got that shadow for rest. And it's also got that energy towards the environment that feels a little bit more energetic and ego driven and also maybe a little bit like bitter. And you might feel like a little bit jaded. (laughs) when it's a crescent moon but a crescent moon is very beautiful like that's what all the moon necklaces are like crescent moons right and also what's interesting about this phase is you tend to forward new areas of ideas and you also might have some impulses and that spontaneous energy that feels very driven and feels very centered in creating it into existence. So it's kind of like the new moon gives you that area for new intentions. And then the crescent moon, the next phase, has you put them into a actual plan. If you are going to think about it towards manifesting or creating intentions, you are also centered in your purpose a little bit stronger in a crescent moon. And it is known to kind of let you see the obstacles. And with everything, there are obstacles, no matter what phase of life there is, right? There's obstacles everywhere. Um, I was just listening to this, I guess you could say motivational speech or motivational um, affirmation type speech. And it's, you know, the, that one where it's like, everything's hard, you know, getting up is hard. Waking up is hard. Being broke is hard. You know, being overweight is hard. Being too skinny is hard. You know, everything is hard. But you have to like choose your hard, right? At what point is it like, well, this is hard, you know, having all these things or this is hard having all these responsibilities. But could you imagine a life with no responsibilities? Like what kind of life is that? what are you doing? Are you just like, (laughs) I mean, I'm thinking what, what adult has no responsibilities? Are they homeless? I mean, I and I don't mean to be like funny, but like, where would somebody be with no responsibilities? And then we have the first quarter moon, which is also known as that energy of um, of basically being like a waxing and a, the square to the sun, 
but this also looks like kind of like where the moon is half and half so like if if you were to see it it's like half and half and it's basically driven into that energy of um another planting cycle another seed growth cycle when the area of the time is turning into the growth state turning into that area of growth turning into that area of um correspondence where it is growing so it's kind of like it's moving up <laughs> it's getting ready to bloom right it's it's growing um, during this time, you see the structure and you also see like how it affects you and the people around you. So think about like if you are manifesting something through your, your moon cycle, right? You're manifesting something. You started with your new moon and now you're um, working your way up to that energy where you're getting the goals out there. You're getting the steps out there in this cycle. And, and you see it, other people are maybe seeing it too. Like other people like, wow, you've really been, you know, working on your vision board or you've really been working on your book or wow, I see that you've been going to the gym or I see that maybe you're not eating as much hog and dogs <laughs> as you used to, right? Or maybe you're cutting back on overspending or you're starting to pay off your your cards, your credit cards, but other people see it too and they're like, okay, okay, I kind of see like you're growing, you're completing some goals and you see the order, you see the strategy and you see during this moon phase, you see the energy of completion. You see the energy of the reward at the end of it at the end of the cycle, at the end of that energy. And you're like, you see the resistance, like you see the resistance that maybe you show yourself. You see the resistance that maybe society shows you. You're like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking win this shit. I'm going to get the reward. I'm going to complete this goal. So this is actually um, accompanied with the resistance of the struggle but you're going to continue to like move forward in this first quarter moon phase. <laughs> okay. And then we're going to talk about the gib gibbous, gibbous moon. So in this phase of the gibbous moon, or also known as the waxing gibbous, this is the energy where the moon is waxing and it's halfway between the first quarter and the full moon. Don't worry, there will be a pop quiz at the end of this podcast. No, I'm just joking. Like there's no, I mean, unless you're like an astrologer or a moonologist, <laughs> I don't remember all of these. Trust me, I look them up. Okay, so this represents the moment in the planning the plan, planning and planting cycle that is where the bud begins, the bud. And we're going to say it's a rose or maybe a beautiful dandelion or a tulip. But this is where the bud begins. This represents that moment where it's like, whoa, I can see the reward. I can see what is coming out of this beautiful goal. I can see what's coming out of this energy of 
the moon. I see what's coming out of the energy of my new moon intentions. I can see it. I can feel it. I, I can almost smell it. I can almost smell it, but not quite there yet, right? But I'm getting there. I could see it. I could feel it, but I can't quite smell it, but I'm getting there. So you might, during this time of the gibbous moon, gibbous moon, you might actually feel like um, you're going to complete these goals. You're going to complete these manifestations. You are going to complete these intentions. You see it. You see the strategy. You see the details. You see the work. You see everything that you've been putting into it. And you're going to continue to move forward right? Because we're not going to give up now. We're so close. We see it. We see the bud. We see that moment. And it's like that, that, that outer, that outer energy. It's like, you know, like if you've been on a a journey of maybe health and fitness and like, let's say your pants were like super tight you couldn't like barely button them or like when you got home, you couldn't like wait to take them off. And now you're like, Hey, These are kind of loose around the side, right? So you feel that energy, you feel it. And you're like, I'm going to continue going. I'm going to continue moving and I'm going to get it going. So this is actually that area where you see the structure, you see the form, you see the goal is coming to an area of either completion or getting very close to completion. And that is the gibbous moon. Also, we now have the next phase that all of you guys have been waiting for, for all you little witchy badasses, (laughs) the full moon, the full moon is here. It's out there. It's bright and it's fucking badass and it's illuminating all through the sky people are going crazy the emergency rooms are overfilled (laughs) and everybody is just on this high energy right this high energy and this is the phase where the moon and the sun are in complete opposition of each other now remember they're opposing each other Um, So that basically means that they are on opposite sides of the earth. And with this full moon, this is the energy that you can either create new intentions, you can create your moon water, you can set intentions in your moon water, you could charge your crystals, you could go out there and put your plants out, charge your crystal, crystal bowls. A lot of people get very hyped up for the new moon, I mean, for the full moon, right? Yes, get hyped up for the new moon too, but also everybody's like losing their shit when it's a full moon. (laughs) So this is the energy of the planting cycle where the flower, that energy of the goal is there. You stepped on the scale, babe, and you are 20 pounds lighter. You just finished your book. You literally completed everything that you were seeking out to complete. You, I don't know, got a new job. You are in this high energy moment where everything feels awake and aware and you are very reflective. You see the illumination. You see the energy that you put in 
and others see it as well. You know that you have the faith, you have the dedication, and you have the devotion to not only do this, but to do this again and again and again. Like you are a freaking rock star and you feel it. You feel it everywhere, right? So you are aware of the influence, the inspiration, the aspiration, and the aspiration and the affirmations that it took to get you here. You're totally aware of it and you're going to continue to move forward. You're going to continue to do so much. What I love about full moons in all honesty is I feel like full moons bring the collective together. Yes, a lot of people love like new moon readings and they're like here for it. But, you know, you don't see the moon. You don't actually see that visual presence of that high illumination of the moon. You don't see that opposition of the moon and the sun. You don't see that energy. With a full moon, you see it. And it brings a collective together. It really does. Like, especially like a good full moon. Like we just had that super blue moon in Pisces. Um that literally happened like on August 30th. And that full moon was so magnificent. Like it looked so close to the earth. It was big. It was bad. And I know there wasn't no blue, you know, it was just very rare. That's why it's called blue moon. And, um, but it did almost feel like it had a hint of blueness to the sky because the moon was so big that the sky didn't look black. It didn't look so dark. It looked like it had that blue element to it, which I thought that moon was absolutely beautiful. Um, I did a yoga. Well, I didn't do a yoga, but I um, did the sound bowls for yoga in the park and everybody was so hyped about the, the, um, the full moon and full moon collectives. Like it just goes back to the days of, I could just imagine like all the witchy women out there in the fields dancing and like picking flowers and putting them in their hair and getting all dressed up for the full moon, right? Or meeting outside of like their coven space and doing collective full moon circles. And that's something that I think full moons do is they bring the collective together. You always have that energy where it's like, hey, did you see the moon last night? oh my gosh, it was beautiful, right? And that's really what this energy is about with this moon phase is bringing not only yourself to acknowledge that these goals, these energies of manifesting can be completed, but also the collective as well. So let's get into the next phase, <clears throat> which is known as the disamenting, disamenting moon. This is the phase where the moon is wanting and halfway between the full and the last quarter moon. It is seen as a planting cycle that corresponds with the first appearance of the first bud, of the first energy of light, of the first energy of goal. So this is kind of like that seasonal energy, right? Like just because we had one rose doesn't mean that 
we're not going to have another rose again, right? Just because our plant budded one tulip doesn't mean that that's it. It's the end. We still have to, you know, continue to work. But this phase, it might feel like um, you're kind of exhausted. You're kind of shedding your light and you might feel like you are like overly kind of burnt out. <laughs> you might also feel like um, you accomplished what you needed to accomplish. So let's just, you know, throw that gym membership away and cancel it. No, honey, it doesn't work like that. This is a cycle. This is a moon cycle, cycle of life. You just can't, you know, just because you got one rose or you lost 10 pounds means you stop and go back to eating Cheetos, right? This is, this is the energy of fulfilling the fruit to the highest garden area, letting the fruitation live to the highest garden, knowing that you need more than just one rose. You need multiple roses. You need that area of not just having one apple on the tree, but you need tons of apples on the tree. So if you need to take a bite of that apple, nobody's going to get their panties in a bunch, right? So that's that energy that you're going to continue to grow with the garden. You're going to continue to grow, but it is kind of seen as you represent that area of the planting cycle of knowing that it's not just this one time, but it's all the times. And then we have, after this, area we have the last quarter moon so this is the last quarter moon okay this is when the moon is wanting and squared to the sun in this phase it represents the beginning of the ending cycle so yes it is still a planting cycle meaning there's still energy for growth right and remember with full moons, that energy for intentions and manifesting really happens right around that day and also a couple days before and a couple days after. But once you start going like two to three days into creating big, big intentions or voyages or adventure, you want to be a little bit more um, reserved. So this is the energy of the planting cycle. But the phase represents the beginning of the end. So it's starting to end that chapter, end that cycle. It's the area of where harvesting is, where you're collecting the fruits. You know the tree's going to die soon. So you got to start to pick all your rose buds off, right? You got to start to pick the roses off for, you know, bringing them into the house. You got to start bringing that energy into the home, you got to start, um, you know, being mindful to um, pick what you need to reserve what you need so you can continue this adventure. But also you want to plan for the next full, full moon and new moon. So this is kind of like that area where you start to see, okay, now I'm going to kind of like plan this, this cycle is done and I'm going to start to plan. Um, you're going to understand that there is a consciousness to it. There's that energy of the conscious, like you just can't um, think that it's always going to be as easy as it once was because you know you still have to have those steps. You still have to have goals. You still have to water your garden, but it's a little bit, you know, where you see that the plants are kind of drifting away, 
drifting away to the closing chapter. You might feel a little bit disconnected with some of your goals during this time. And you might feel a little bit disconnected with others during this time. Maybe they have some resentment towards you. Maybe they have some resentment towards your goals. Maybe they have some resentment towards the area of the phase that you are in. And um, you might see that in social structures, social networks, business work, and also the home, depending on um, how you um, are in your relationship or areas around that. Now we are going to get into the Baslamic moon. So in this phase, the moon is wanting in halfway between the last quarter and the new moon. It is still a planting cycle and is considered a mature time, right? This is also like right around the time that we see this energy kind of fold through where it is um, very distant and it doesn't feel noted and it feels very like obstruct. It also feels a little bit distilled and it feels like a little bit like um, disconcerting as one might say, right? Um, and in this phase, you don't really want to make too many goals. Um, but this is also known as a time where, um, people would enhance, I guess you could say the area of like shadow and the area of past and the area of reflection. So it's kind of like a chill time. It's not really a time where you're going to get out there and do too much. Okay. So check to see when the moon is in this phase, because that's going to be a time you're just going to kind of like chill. You don't really need to do anything. You just need to hang out. <laughs> now we have the void course moon. So the void course moon represents that energy of time usually lasting less than a day uh, when the course of events seems to be more difficult. And also it seems to be like a lot of obstacles. Um, so some astrologers, and this is usually after a full moon, um, and this is usually about can last um, anywhere from a couple days after a um, uh, new moon, but it usually is that time that some astrologers actually don't make big plans during this time. And they actually don't do a lot of things. Like they don't create intentions. They just, you know, hang out. Like this isn't the time that you're going to go on a baby submarine down to the ocean. <laughs> this is the time you're just going to kind of chill. Um, and with the void course moon, some people like refuse to make like um, contracts, they almost see it as the time that the moon wanders. So it's like the wandering time before the moon enters its energy of um, approaching a new moon. So it's kind of like this energy that feels like it's like a wandering time. It's not a time to create intentions. So those are the moon phases. Um, that is the energy that I feel like people should know about the moon phases. Also, um, when we are talking about 
the moon, remember it is about your inner emotions and your conscious and subconscious space. Also, when you are learning about your moon, one of the things that I would say when you are learning about the moon is look at it in an area of feeling, look at it in an area of emotion. When you are discovering what element your moon is under, for instance, if your moon is under, let's say the Scorpio, um, you have a moon in Scorpio is there energies? Like, how do you feel like your healing is right? When we look at that eighth house, when we look at the areas of secrets, how, how do you feel about secrets? How do you feel about the secrets in, um, maybe your past or how do you feel about areas of acceptance and connections? All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to a chakras and cuss words podcast and everybody have an amazing day. Bye.